if your idea of investing is middle-aged men with red braces shouting buy, 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 or you still have nightmares about the Wolf of Wall Street or Gordon Gecko, then now is the time to erase that from your memory. Our next guest is Elizabeth Pearson, founder of Simply Successful Stocks who gives women the knowledge and confidence to invest in the stock market themselves and take charge of their financial future. If you want to know how she does it and how it might work for you, then join us after the introduction. Hello and welcome. I'm Clayton M. Coke, and I'm also the host for The Cashflow Show, the radio show that's disguised in the shape of a podcast, but with so much more. Every week we'll be interviewing someone inspiring from the business world and finding out how they started in business, what their trials and tribulations were, and how they intend to grow their business in the future. We will also be finding out about what they do in their spare time, as well as asking them to pick a book, a film, and a favourite single or album, and to share their reasons for doing so. So why not join us at the Cashflow Show? It's not just a radio show, it's a whole new way of doing business. Elizabeth, welcome to the Cashflow Show. Thank you, Clayton. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You are most welcome. And after that elaborate introduction, yes, I mean, that was what more do I need to say? That was fantastic. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't go home now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, that just kind of nailed it on the head. Thank you. <laughs> You're most welcome. I've given our Cashflow crew an overview of what you do there or what I think you do. But tell us more about your current role at Simply Successful Stocks. So I describe myself as a financial educator. Um, I think that's that's my thing, financial education in particular for women. Yeah, many people feel, well, that they, they want to understand money, get it working for them through investing and simply don't know where to start or who to trust. So what I do is kind of break it down into simple steps, make it sustainable for them in terms of the time that they have, the money that they have to start, and then give them, as you said, the knowledge, the confidence to then go out and do it themselves, which is actually was for me and for other people a very empowering experience. And then it's that having that experience of seeing that money is something that people can take charge of, be in control of, and create the financial security, the freedom that they want. Money. That's what I want, as the song once said. (laughs) In real practical terms, it's one of the things that we are pre-programmed, even from as early as children in nursery schools, effectively, or infant school, that money is something that we have to have and money is something that we need to survive. But many of us don't really know that much about money at all. Yeah, that's true. And how I see it is it's, it's like an energy. Money is an energy. And it's something that can be understood. And it's like it's harnessing it for our own good. Because if we don't harness it, learn about it and kind of in charge of it, then it it really can just be very challenging and very difficult for us. Of course, because a lot of people don't understand that money is a superpower. Mm. And just like you said, a superpower is an energy. And when you have that energy, you can use it for, you know, good or you can use it for evil, you know, with some cape on or whatever it is that you do. (laughs) But those, those are the things that money can make you do. It can make you do lots of things. And you hear stories, for example, of people who win the lottery, for example. And then we all have a dream of what would happen if we win the lottery. 
But ultimately what happened is most people who win the lottery end up broke. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true. And it's sort of having a, I don't know. I mean, there's, it's such a taboo subject. I mean, in, there was some study recently that people are more fearful or resistant to talking about money than they are about religion and sex in the UK. I mean, it's even worse than that. So it's, it's not even, even just having money conversations is very uncomfortable sometimes. Religion isn't the taboo that it was. And now that we have social media, even sexuality isn't the taboo that it once was. So the last taboo left is money and it's whether you've got it or whether you haven't got it. And there's lots of embarrassment or shame or just, I mean, it's just very complicated. It's a, yeah, it's like we all have a relationship with money, which comes from our experience, our background, all those kind of things. And lots of that has to be unraveled to have like a healthy relationship and see it as something that can be a, a force of good in the world. For you in terms of money, yeah, you didn't always start off with that relationship. I mean, going back, what was your first role? Was it as a, a pit person in the stock exchange or, <laughs> or, or were you sort of working behind a bookie shop? Or no, no. <laughs> no I didn't do any of that. So I, I started my, so this is like my second career. I started my working life as an architect. Uh, that was what I did before, um, which was, I mean, I'm really proud of myself for, for completing the course, being an architect. I learned a lot and it just, it just wasn't for me. Um, so then, so this must have been maybe about 20 years ago. I did a very, just actually a really excellent self-development course. And out of that came really this desire to basically be closer to my dad, like, like improve our relationship. Not that it wasn't good. And he had taught himself how to invest in the stock market. I mean, he's not from a city background. He's a university academic. And I thought, okay, this, you know, to learn something that somebody else can teach me and know something about and is passionate, it could be great for my financial future or had, there could be something in it, but also it would, it would, yeah, it would be really good for us as a kind of, you know, father, daughter. So that's what I set out to do. Um, so actually it was to do with my relationship with him, but I now have a much better positive relationship with money about creating money and then can then kind of give that to other people. So when you went on this development course, yeah, what was the point at which you decided, hmm, this could be a business? The point at which it became a business came much later. And right. I, I suppose I... You know, I would go to these investor shows with my dad and they would I would just be virtually the only woman in the audience. And then I had a, a kind of time in between jobs, between architecture jobs. I was kind of I basically had to reinvent myself. And a friend of mine said, OK, why don't you run a class teaching other people what you know? So I, I did. And I had my friends around as my little guinea pigs and they all had a good time. And yeah, it went really well. And so I then started to run that, you know, alongside my my job. And then it was just only as I went along that I discovered that like women were sort of absent from the investing picture. And I thought, oh, OK, this is interesting. Uh, this is not this is out of balance here. Maybe this is where I can make a difference. So how did you feel going into an environment where you are the only woman in the room? Um, well, in terms of my work, it doesn't the work I do now, it doesn't happen very often. But I mean, I have been in sort of property environments and construction environments where that has been the case. I suppose it's it depends on the context. It depends on 
it depends on how confident I feel about myself and what I know. So I feel in investing environments, it's just like noticing the balances or imbalances in a room and in a a sense of investing because I've been, I would say, successful at it. And, you know, I don't feel like it's a problem how I feel myself about it. Your journey into the world of finance really started with that conversation with your dad. Yeah. Could you elaborate as much as you can on that conversation? Yeah. But what were the key lessons that he imparted or you picked up yeah. from uh, being around him and being his apprentice, if you like? So what he taught me, which I've seen time and time again, is to have a, is, is to have a strategy that you follow, a, a simple strategy, a way of investing and to repeat that on a, like a regular basis, like every year or every six months or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that was one thing I learned. The second thing I learned, which was my experience of being taught by him, was how important it has to have somebody that I trust to ask questions of. That is, you know, because he never. So this is the model I use when I teach people. It's I'm not telling them what to do, but he never said do this, do that. He just showed me what he did, how to go about it, and was there to answer questions. So I mean, it's that that was one of the things I learned from him which was invaluable. And then alongside that, what I learned, because at the time I was really busy. I was busy training to be an architect, having my own life. And I sort of learned by default that actually not having a lot of time and sort of checking what my investments were doing at the time, in a way being detached from the results, which is really key about investing. It's like the most positive thing with investing is to not have any feelings about it, which is very difficult when the value of your investments are going up and down. But in a way, being busy, not having a lot of time, just getting on with my life served me very well. So I didn't take it personally when things went down or up. I didn't panic. You know, I just kept going with this kind of simple strategy that I'd learned. Do you feel that emotion is one of those things that hinders people from making the right decision? Because in my experience in late payments and debt recovery, yeah, a lot of people would want you to pursue people not because the invoice or book debts were outstanding, but because of their personal relationship to it. Yeah. And do you feel that sometimes when people have a relationship to a particular stock, so they might have a, a stock because they go to that particular establishment, yeah. Uh, um, and that is then tied into the investment relationship. Yes, absolutely. I think the thing is, is it pays to be, like I say, not having any feelings. So I, I, I see that a lot is that people hold on to things. We hold on to things because they're doing badly and we hope they're going to do better. Or we hold on to things because they're doing well. So then what we ignore is the kind of hard financial facts and just following a simple strategy, uh, in a way being ruthless. Um, and that's very hard with money when, of course, there's so many feelings and judgments and fears and all that kind of stuff tied up with it. You've decided to build that relationship with your father as a, as a result of this self-development course, and he's given you a few pointers. Yeah. Can you remember that first trade that you did? Did you sort of throw the money up like you were a sort of a gangster rapper in the air? And, uh, and, or, 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 am I, or am I overstepping that barrier? Um, no. um, I do remember. Well, basically, I did. I studied quite a long time before. I was basically saving my money. So I saved my money into an ISA for two years. So at the time, it was like paper trading. So, it, it you know, it was kind of practicing. And then I remember 
so clearly. I was in my lunch hour one day at work and the sun was shining in the window and there I was like, you know, I pressed the button on my first investment. I mean, honestly, I thought I was going to die. Um, but of course I didn't, I didn't die, but it, well, well yes. you're here. So that's a positive. Yes, exactly. So I didn't die. And I, and I, it just, the whole, it was just doing something very unfamiliar with real money. And I didn't die obviously, cause I'm still here. And then it's, it just became that, that much more familiar. So you've done that now and you've done yeah. your paper trading, you're still alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what's the next step for you? So the next step after that was to just keep on going. So I would just about manage every year. To, so there's this term used, you know, like rebalancing your investment. There's two types of investing. There's what I call simple investing and more adventurous investing. So simple investing is buying these things called funds. So they're like pools of money where investors put lots of money. And then that fund is used to buy lots of different stocks and shares. So you're, you've got this thing called being diversified, which is spreading your risk. Now, I was doing something different from that, which with hindsight could be seen to be quite you know, a lot more kind of risky. But because it was my dad, I, I just thought, well, this is just how you kind of do it, uh, which is actually, and I teach people both things, is, is choosing an individual portfolio of stocks and shares. So it takes a bit more time, not a huge amount, you know, once. And, and so once a year, I would just about manage to kind of, you know, look at the things, look at my investments are doing, sell off the things I didn't want and buy them in. So it, it really was discipline. I mean, I never, ever want to sit down and do my look at my investments. I mean, it takes all my all the discipline in the world. I mean, once I do it, it's fine. But it, I think that's that's really what carried me through, um, even to this day. <laughs> because it does look a bit dreary. It has to be said. I mean, the results are incredible. But it, you know, it just does. You know, it's take somebody <laughs> like Warren Buffett. He's not the most yeah. exciting guy in no. the world. No. And and Charlie, um, uh, Charlie Munger, he's um, yeah. uh, he's he's Oppo. Um, th 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 these are not exciting guys, but they've got a stack load of money. <laughs> Slow and steady, boring is best. Yeah, a good friend of mine said. Boring Indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've moved on from paper trading now. Yeah. And obviously, you've got your eyes. So you've saved some money. Is yeah. that something that you recommend? people do before they get into investment or should they just start at any point? Um, well, the, the general rule of thumb is to have a few things in place before you start. So to basically have a thousand pounds, this is cash in a savings account, expected unexpected events. So, you know, the dishwasher blows up or the cat needs an emergency operation, something like that. And then after that, to put aside in a savings account between three to nine months of your basic sort of survival level income. So if something goes wrong at work or, you know, you can take care of yourself. To pay off any expensive credit card debt, because with that, this kind of magical force of compounding is working against you. And then you can start investing. And you, what's great about investing, I mean, people think you need a lot of money to start. You can start with as little as a pound or 25 pounds. And just to like open an account, put some money in, buying something, is it? It's just, it's just, it's like, oh, actually, this isn't as difficult as I thought. And then the idea is, if you can, to put like 10% of your net income away every month towards your financial future. I mean, it could be in another kind of something for your financial future, but that's, that's the kind of general rule of thumb. What steered you in the direction of wanting to sort of work more with women who were not necessarily served by financial support in terms of investing? I suppose it was my 
you know, what I could see around me, a sort of gap uh, or, or just being one of the few women at these investor shows and just, I don't know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's just this, this gap because, I mean, the gap is, you know, women get 30% less in terms of their pensions. There's like 3.3 million less women invested in the UK. They have 599 billion less in, in assets. It's, it's, I suppose I'm a, I believe in equity, justice, fairness, and there's a, there's a big imbalance. And that imbalance, you know, money is something that it doesn't give us, I mean, it doesn't bring happiness. It does bring freedom. It brings choice. And in a capitalist world, it gives us, it, it gives us a voice. Um, it's about being visible, you know, all those things. In terms of yourself, you experience quite significant growth in your investments in a relatively short time. Yeah. Did you, did it make you feel like you had the magic touch? Oh no, I never thought I had the magic touch. No, <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it's been a slow and steady thing. You know, I've had times where I've seen like things double in, in value, like twice the value of my annual salary. I mean, I, you know, I was working in architecture, so the salaries weren't huge. But and then I've had times where I've lost huge amount. Of my, so it, it goes up and down. No, I've I've never thought I've got the magic touch. I, I I think what I see is that I've got I've got discipline. I'm not attached to the results, and I've got a sense of humour. <laughs> and that is what I think is important because I have a friend of mine who had some investments and she'd be on the phone. She'd be checking her investments every yeah. single day. Yeah. And I said, if you do that, sweetheart, you're going to drive yourself yeah. crazy. Do yeah. not do that because you are middle-aged-ish. So therefore you've still got plenty of time for whatever it is to bounce back. Markets are cyclical. Mm. They're going to bounce back for the most part, unless you backed Wilco. Oh, um, uh, and for the most part, you are going to, to find yourself in a position if you've invested reasonably wisely and if you haven't gone too crazy. But I think a lot of people like the idea of buying stock and it generates income instantly. Mm. Why do you think people have that kind of fantasy fallacy when it comes? Well, I think what you're talking about is, is, is like trading rather than investing. You know, it's that day to day buying and selling things to make a profit. Investing is a long term thing. And just, as you said, I've, I've seen people who are traders and they're, it's like they're all over the place with their emotions. You know, I, I don't want to do that. I, I just, and the, um, the actual, the knowledge that you need to do to do that successfully is, is quite significant. You know, at least an A levels worth of, you know, study. And even then you have, no idea what's going to happen so i think it's i mean it's like the human uh condition isn't it we want to make we want it quickly we want it fast but actually most things are you know needs you know delayed gratification uh, slow and steady boring is best so it, it looks very attractive um and of course all the people who make money in that way talk about it a lot they don't talk about all the times where it's hasn't <laughs> totally worked at all because <laughs> that doesn't look good does it well it doesn't media <laughs> I, I mean i i have uh, another parallel um situation where i talk about stuff and one of the things that came up as a brief was finfluencers oh yes okay and how the prevalence of influencers um, account for a lot of people being misled 
because people are giving them the impression that they're going to make a lot of money, not necessarily day trading always, but also at the fact is in investments in a mm. short period of time. And how, as you said, people tell, tend to be very biased in the information that they tell you. They don't mm. tell you about the fact that when, you know, half of the, the money that they've invested has been wiped off the stock that they've got. And then it may have bounced back then two years later. It's just the fact that I've made money now. Yeah. And do you feel that the proliferation, especially since we have things like YouTube and Instagram, that those influencers really create a difficult situation for people who want to dip their toes into the water? I think so. I mean, it's hard for me to know because I'm, I'm not following any influencers. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, I just, I'm just not interested. I mean, I often find that people, because I invest, people often say, oh, you should look at this or look at that. And I always smile sweetly and say thank you and then completely ignore them. <laughs> um, so I, I think, I mean, in terms of investing and, the, and the, the clients I work with, it's, I mean, it's simple things like not having your investing app installed on your phone. So you're not looking at it all the time. So I don't, you know, I have to log on to my laptop to look at what my investments are doing. So it, there's that that, you know, it's great to, I mean, what is great about the growth of the internet and apps is it made it so much easier. So, you know, 30 years ago, you would have to have a huge chunk of money and your own stockbroker to invest in the stock market. Now it's, it's, it, the, it's like democratized. Anybody can do it, which is fantastic. At the same time, there's all these other, there's all these other things that, um, can influence people. The other people that also thing also is like the doom laden news. So, you know, people often say, well, should I invest now? But what about, you know, what about this or that or the other? And the thing is, every single year, there's always a crisis. Um, and yet the stock market on the long term, you know, over the last 10 years has, you know, doubled in value from like, you know, 32 billion to 74 billion. So there's also that underlying growth in human enterprise and you know, um, kind of technology and things, which if you own stocks and shares, you're owning part of the world. You're, you're taking part in that growth and that's how you can get your money to grow. So let's talk a bit more about simply successful stocks. Now, I actually like the way that sounds. Actually, when you, when you say simply successful, it just sounds nice, actually. It's got a nice, nice ring to it. Now, for me... I'm thinking that you have now realized that, yeah, I'm quite confident in doing this. When did you start to say, I'm going to run courses or I'm going to give advice? When did that come into the picture? It's a transition between working in construction and architecture and then working for myself. And I suppose just giving it a go. You know, I ran a class for my friends that worked then I did another one, then I did another one. And then I just got to this point where I thought, actually, this is something I feel really, that's really important. I feel like it's, this is where I can make a, con a small contribution. Uh, this is like I found my niche in a way. So that was, suppose, in terms of doing it at full time, it was like six years ago. So I kind of then left my current job at the time and then do what I do now. So did you find that scary? Because architects can get work and they can yeah. do reasonably well and have a lifelong career. It, it's similar to your style of investing, which is slow yeah. and steady and consistent. Yeah. How did it feel to be 
on the high wire of um, uh, self-employment, for want of a better expression. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I was I was lucky is that I'd had a, I had a financial buffer for myself. So through my investments, I had a financial buffer so that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't kind of desperate. You know, I had time to grow as a business and discover who I was and work out how to how to do it, which I'm still learning. So, yeah. Um, and self-employment has been. I don't know. I think working for other people is difficult. Working for myself is different, difficult. I think certain challenges. <laughs> They're just different. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I sometimes, every now and again, I do wake up and think, oh, maybe I should go and get a proper job. So uh, that does feel No, fun. you can't. You see, this, this is the problem. That's the, that's the rules of the cash flow show. You're an entrepreneur now. And okay, once, right. once you're in that, once you're in that entrepreneur club, there's no yeah. way out. It's like, you no, know, I, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Please. <laughs> it's like the mafia. You can't get out. Um, <laughs> And besides, nobody wants to re-employ you once you've been self-employed. Well, that, that, that's the second thought I have, is what would I do and who would employ me? And could I tolerate being, um, not tolerate, but it's just, the, it's like that freedom, the freedom to choose how I structure my time and day, which is kind of worth its weight in gold. So. And that's what makes it brilliant. But so... In terms of your clients, how do they find you? Do they is there is a sort of secret sign that they <laughs> they put up, or is it or is it just sort of whispered amongst people that they get to know you or whatever? Or, or it's just really they just find you on your website. <laughs> uh, it's a mixture of things. So I do um, most of my clients are people that I, I meet uh, sometimes through networking, sometimes. Uh, yoga classes, going swimming in the Lido, you know, it's, I, I mean, I'm quite a sort of chatty person. So people I meet out and about, people I meet or, you know, referrals. And then I do, you know, I, I do do a, a bit on social media. So sometimes do that as well, a mixture of things. And I have to talk about your social media because okay. I, I love it. And you know what oh. I love? What's that? I love the way that you use those old black and white 1920s, <laughs> 1930s. Oh, thank Abs you. That's really, I like that. I like yeah. that. I like well, that a lot. Like, girl, I um, The thing is about investing is it's, it's just the way, it the, the way it sounds and looks is very, it's just not great. And that's a nice way of saying it. So um, I, yeah, I, it was like a flash of inspiration. So I had lots of like 1930s posters for the London Underground around my flat. And so, and then I, I, I don't know how I just suddenly thought, okay, I black and white. So basically I've got black and white photos of, of women. Just, they're just having a ball on my website. You know, they're, they're drinking champagne, they're cycling bikes, they're swimming they're And it just anything other than a little picture of a, a piggy bank with pennies going in or one of those awful charts or, you know, it's just like, please. So I think that, just that bit, have, having that design background, that visual background for being an architect, that's what I've been able to bring into architecture. There's just this whole, not architecture, but investing, just to make it, best to bring a bit of sparkle to the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, thank you anyway. But to me, it adds to the modern, it, it, the pictures, even though they're 100 years old, effectively, they are quite they, they're modern it, it's a yeah. very modernist feminist quite approach yeah, in, 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 yeah. in a way which is yeah. as i said it works very 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 well, well because you. it doesn't have the women in uh, a suppressed situation it has them as i said partying having a good time and so yeah. on and so forth but at the same time an awareness that money plays a part in your life 
Mm-hmm. And as more and more people choose, maybe not necessary to be in a long-term relationship, you have to look out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and that is a, that is a part of it. So you talked about obviously how you find your clients. I can imagine them sort of doing the yoga poses and saying, <laughs> "What do you think I should invest in?" You know, <laughs> no, it's all done after the class. Oh, oh right, okay, good, good, good. I'm just I I just need to clear my head of these these thoughts. But for me, when you take on a client, what's the stages that you go through roughly with them? What can they expect when you when they say, oh, you know, I'd like to work with you, Elizabeth. Mm. Can you sort of help me? What What's the things that you try to learn from them in yeah. order to base, basically help them achieve their goals? Well, we have a quite detailed conversation and, and, and I ask them to fill out a few questions. But every obviously every every person's financial situation is different and what they want to achieve with their money is very different so I always get them to describe that or even like draw it so I'm you know you know that thing about sort of visioning um so it can vary I mean sometimes it's about um like I'm working with someone recently and she um she just wants to get a kind of overall picture of where money is so that she can go and invest and she she really doesn't like spreadsheets so she's She's like drawn it with coloured pens and pencils and things like that. So that I mean that was fantastic. Um, sometimes, um, like I've, I worked with someone, she wanted to set up her own investments, but she also wanted to set it up for her two sons. You know, that's something I can help somebody with. But I think a lot of it is just understanding, like understanding the language that is used, kind of looking at what might be getting in the way of them investing, and just sort of getting going like just actually doing it so I spend quite a lot of time sitting with people just while they go through the steps themselves you know with patience and then it's like okay then it's like they've done it and then they can go off and and do it themselves that's brilliant so hand-holding in a way I suppose hand-holding reassurance confidence and and then simple practical steps so you've given us a great overview of how Simply Successful Stocks works and how you've got into the realm and the arena of investing. But what we're going to do is to take a a lateral move, a sideways move, in order to talk about what you do when you're not moving um, numbers around and buying and selling selling stocks. So, or investing generally, I should say. But we're coming to the section called what are you like which must mm-hmm. be said in the cockney accent and <laughs> and we're going to talk about your favorite book your favorite business book your favorite albums and your favorite films so yeah. we're going to start off with your favorite books and you've chosen okay. two yeah and i shall remind you of those the first one is the way to love by anthony damello and Open Water by Caleb Azuma Nelson. Mm. What are your thoughts? Well, the first one is, uh, so this guy, he was a, he was, he was a Jesuit priest, uh, died very young. And, but he's got a very, I don't know, kind of up-to-date kind of view of religion. He's quite sceptical, but it's a short book and it's just got a few chapters in, a few pages long, which are just very insightful, inspiring, um, about life, I suppose. It's uh, my sort of favourite, um, I don't know, remind me why I'm here and how I want to be in the world kind of book. So it's, uh, yeah, that's why I like it. 
Excellent. And you've also got Open Water by Caleb. Zoom in. So this was this is a short novel. Um, so it came out in 2020. It's just a really beautiful book. I think it's um, it's the story. It's a love story. Uh, it's set in London. It's very understated. It's very eloquent. Um, but underneath it all, it's just dealing with racism, kind of creativity, violence. Um, it, it's just really beautiful book. I think just a, lo- a lovely sort of but sort of tragic love story. Um, yeah excellent so now we're going to move on to your favorite business book yeah and that's called the one thing by gary keller yeah so the thing i found most difficult about being in business is i find it completely overwhelming i mean there's just so many things to do so this is all about focus and it's it's so he has this one question what's the one thing you can do that will by doing that will make everything i want things either easier or unnecessary so I've just found that helpful in terms of like choosing what to focus my energy on and then also what to leave to one side, you know, and not get distracted by. So it's it's a it's a good book for that. And it's not too thick either. <laughs> and the font size is small and there's lots of nice diagrams. So I like them. <laughs> I got to admit I like books like that as well. As oh, long as it's got yeah. lots of diagrams in yeah, it. Lots of diagrams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. a diagram. It's no it's not in a it's not in colour, but the <laughs> diagrams are nice. <laughs> you could colour them in. You no, that's true. You could. You could that's a very good idea. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we should speak to Mr. Keller about his next yeah, edition that yeah. he needs to get his yeah. Um, uh, sort of nephews or nieces to colour in the, uh, <laughs> the charts. I think colour books are more expensive though, isn't it? But to colour them in yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> so you've got three albums or two yes. albums and you've chosen one as the yeah. single, even though it's on an album. Yeah. So you've chosen some classic 80s yeah. rock. Yeah. Um, or pop rock, I should say, uh, Synchronicity by the Police. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think the reason I remember this one was because, it, I mean, it's, when was it? It was a long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I remember it too. <laughs> no, it was just so, and it, so basically my dad bought one of those um, Sony Walkmans uh, and he bought this cassette uh, of, of Synchronicity. And I just remember, so it was like our first experience of, being able to carry music around I just remember listening to it over and over again so I find with music I find things I really like and then just listen to it over and over again and then I get tired of it and then move on to something else and that and I remember that's right we went we went on our first ever uh holiday to like a package holiday this is when package holidays and we went on a package holiday to Greece with the Sony Walkman and listened to Synchronicity And it was a big thing. Before it was, that, we went camping. So, okay. you know, we, we'd like moved up in the world. So, indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> that was the, the police's fifth album. So we're going to move on now to The Joshua Tree by U2. Yeah, so another classic. So this one, I just like, uh, what do I, I just like the kind of feeling of space in this one. It's just this sort of, yeah, feeling of space. Um, and this one, I remember... This was when I was yeah studying for my A levels, and I just remember listening to this over and over again. But I still I still do listen to this, and that's yeah that sort of big rock sound. But that I don't know space. It's just a feeling of space which I really liked. Still like. And you still like. And you've got yeah. lastly everyday life, but you've got yeah. this as the single from Coldplay. Yeah. yeah. So this came out 
so this must have been Christmas 2019 or 20. And I just like the lyrics because it's all about, I suppose it's about the human condition. What am I going to do to change things? But it also, I also remember it because it was kind of quite just before lockdown. Not that I knew lockdown was coming at the time, but it just seemed quite poignant because mm. it was just before that time because there was that whole time of, yeah, what, you know, what everyday life, what am I going to do? Everything was kind of, everything was so challenging. So, yeah. Indeed. And now we're going to move on to your favourite film and you've chosen Raise the Red Lantern. <laughs> so this, I mean, I've only seen this film once and I just always remember it. it was, it's a story set in China of a, of a young woman who becomes, I guess she becomes a concubine of a, of a sort of local sort of, um, I, yeah, of a, of a local man. And she lives in it. It's just a really beautiful film shot with these kind of, in this, it's basically like a compound, but these beautiful roofs and the snow and, and, and it's very, I don't know, it was just really, uh, memorable. Um, and, and the raise the red lantern thing is that when, so when he signals who it is, his wife, he's got four, he wants to see the kind of lantern is lit outside her quarters. Um, and she's living this very isolated life. And then she has an affair with a local doctor and it's, it's the sort of rather, awful consequences of that. I, I just, it was just really stuck in my mind as a film. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'd seen it before and I'd, I'd heard the title before. And yeah. I may have even glimpsed it um, uh, um, on TV. But yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's, it's yeah, I think it's set in the 1920s. Yes, you're right. The 1920s. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So we've had a great trip through your favourite books, films, and movies. And so now we're going to move forward slightly and look at what is happening for simply successful stocks going forward and how you can sort of give advice on some practical tips mm. to get people to start investing. So, I mean, say I work at Asda, for example, yeah. I'm not getting a massive amount of money, mm -hmm. but I really feel that time is moving on and I should be doing something. Mm. Is there anything that you can offer the cash flow crew as a tip that what they should be doing and how they could be doing something, even if I'm only receiving a small salary? Yeah. Um, well, you can absolutely start investing with a small amount. That's not a problem at all. The best thing to do, actually, so I do have something on my website called the seven simple steps to investing. And it just kind of takes you through what you need to do um, in simple steps. Um, and I would say even before that, uh, well, I mean, I think the main thing is about sort of investing sometime. It doesn't have to be a huge amount in your financial education. You know, we are all worth investing in learning about money. Investing is something we can learn, like lots of things. So understanding it a bit more and just knowing that you don't need to know everything to start investing. It's, I think, often because people are fearful. It's like, we, and particularly for women, this is a big problem. We think we have to have lots of money and we think we have to know everything before we start. And we don't. I don't know. You know, when I started, I knew enough. You just need to know enough to begin uh, and learn from it and then you can start. Um, but yeah, but do go to my website and download, the, download that and that will be helpful. Or just, you know, read a little bit or um, listen to some things or even like, 20 minutes every week or 10 minutes a day, just break it down into little steps. Um, and that always helps with kind of things that can seem a bit, you know, enormous. What I've learned over the years in terms of 
investing and money is how many people are drawn to get rich quick schemes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that when people approach you and they're looking to get that growth in their investments or whatever that they're often or have been may have been tempted before to get involved in get rich quick schemes i think people have i mean i'm just always very clear with people i'm i'm here i'm i'm educating you i'm not an advisor this is for you to do investing is a it's for the long term it's five i would say 10 years it's all very clear from the beginning and that's all fine moving away from that and moving on to your clients and simply successful stocks what are your plans for the future what i did once this year which i want to do again next year is is set up a i mean i called it girls just want to have fun so it was just a really great evening in this fantastic <laughs> Love it. private members club called uh, bridges place down a dodgy alleyway in Soho, but it was beautiful <laughs> inside. It was beautiful inside, just absolutely beautiful. Um, and it was just this thing. So I, you know, after lockdown, I just, I've really, I mean, this is fine. Just the whole Zoom thing, I've just had it. My plan is to have maybe once every two months or three months, just a place for women to come together, to learn about money, conversation, really. Um, yeah, and have those as input. That's, that's, that's in my little, you know, so we had one last year and it, it, it was really, it was great. So that's what I want to do next year. You know, speaking events are great. Uh, I love in-person things. I'm working on my, you know, like I was saying, I do a bit of marketing. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, writing blogs and things like that, which is it's really, really hard. Um, I have some help, but it, you know, all that kind of, I suppose being visible, really having a voice, being visible. Um, yeah. I do like girls just want to have fun. I think that's a great name. I'm not sure about the dodgy alley Wade, so um, no. I'm, I'm past that now. I've moved on. Um, it looks dodgy. It's not really dodgy. Oh, oh, okay. It just looks dodgy. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I was yeah. just concerned for your welfare <laughs> no, no, no. going forward. No, no, but right. I think that's a great title. Absolutely yeah, great title. You. Great title. So yeah. If you were going to leave our Cashflow Crew audience with some brief tips, yeah, what would they be? Firstly, invest in your financial education. So, you know, learn about money, learn about it and understand it. You don't need to understand everything. And uh, I mean, I also run investing taster classes, which, you know, give you that picture of what, you know, what you can do and how and make it all very simple. Um, and just know that you can start small. So you can open a, an investing account with as little as a pound or 25 pounds, buy something, you know, put some money in, buy something with it and just have that experience of doing it. So you'll find out that it's not, it's not as difficult as you think. Yeah, those will be my tips. And one more thing I wanted to ask you, you describe your approach as being full of sparkle. Yes. How do you maintain that? How do you infuse that enthusiasm to, into a world which some people see as quite dusty and quite, you know, boring? I suppose I'm, it's like I'm reacting or responding to what's, what's already there and, I, and I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed about the imbalance. I'm annoyed about, yeah, I'm annoyed about the, the inequality of it, I suppose, the language that's not inclusive, the way it looks. So that kind of annoyance motivates me into kind of creating something different. So that's, that's what keeps me going. If people want to get a taste of that sparkle, yeah. where should they go to contact you or get in touch with you? 
Well, the best place to go would be my website. So it's uh, Simple Successful Stocks, simplesuccessfulstocks.co.uk. If you want to, there you can say that you'd like me to stay in touch with you once a month with a, an email about investing matters. Uh, you can download a free guide, Seven Simple Steps to Investing. I've got details of taster classes there. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Elizabeth Pearson, that's P-A-R-S-O-N, uh, or Instagram, uh, which is Simple Successful Stocks on Instagram. So yeah, any of those ways I'm around. So do get in touch. Elizabeth Pearson, founder of Simple Successful Stocks. Thank you for joining us on The Cashflow Show. Thank you, Clayton. It's been good fun. Thank you. We've come to the end of the Cashflow Show for today, but I would like to say thank you to our guests for taking the time to share their knowledge, wisdom and insight. If you loved what you've heard on this week's episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts and leave a five-star review and feedback as it really does help. Whilst you're there, listen to some of our other episodes, which you are bound to enjoy. We want to make this the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs wherever they are in the world and spreading the word really is the best way to grow our show and our community to achieve greater things. Be sure to join us next time for real people, real business, real talk.